Hey everybody, it's Mark and this is Article Club, our reading community that focuses on great articles on race, education, and culture. We're going to be meeting up this Sunday uh, to discuss Bill Buford's Baking Bread in Lyon, and I hope that you're all excited about it and that you're going to be able to make it. It's going to be this Sunday, April 25th from 2 to 3 p.m. Pacific time, and Mr. Buford's going to be there. So if you haven't annotated the article, please do that. If you haven't signed up, there's still time. You can do that. To get to the article, you can go to hltr.co slash bread, and to sign up, you can go to highlighter.cc slash discussion. Anyway, to get you even more interested about this article, what I have for you is a special treat. Article clubber Lisa Gallian who is really into this piece. She has read the book, actually, Dirt, and is really excited to meet all of you. She's going to be there. And I had a few minutes to talk with her earlier today about her, why she's so great, as well as what she thinks about Mr. Buford and this article. So please take a listen. And if you see her this weekend, be sure to say hi. I'll see you this Sunday. And thanks so much. Hey, Lisa, thank you so much for being on Article Club. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you because you're into this article. But before then, just for the people who may not know you, you're like a lot of things that are great, like a teacher and a singer and like an actor and you bake bread and you're a mom and all this stuff. So like, can you just share a little bit about yourself and what you're up to? Sure. Yeah, I am a mom, although my children are in their 30s. So, you know, I guess you you never stop being a mom that just sort of continues through life. So yes, I am a mom and now I'm a mom to hundreds of teenagers um, all the time. I teach at St. Mary's College High School in Berkeley and I've been teaching high school for 15 years, English, and I love it so much. I can't imagine doing anything else with my life. And I, I, I wake up in a good mood, happy to go to work every day. It's definitely that kind of vocation for me. So That's the biggest part of my life is my work with students. And in that work, I do a lot of things. I direct the vocals for the school musical. I run the mock trial program, you know, busy little bee over here. But yeah, so that's my work life. And then pre-COVID, my love was doing solo performance. I know you've come to one of my shows and I love writing and I love being on stage. Kind of that classic introvert. I hate parties, but put me on stage in the mic and I'm good. So that's... (laughs) That's a little bit about me. (laughs) And yes, I love to bake and cook. Yeah, and it's amazing. And somehow you also find time to read. And like this was an article or something that you're interested in talking more about. So like, why are you in? What drew you to this piece by Bill Buford? Well, I'm, I've been a fan of his writing. Um, his book, Dirt, was great that came out several years ago. And my husband and I both really enjoyed that one. We still joke around about, there's a scene in that book where he drags a pig up some stairs to butcher it on his counter in a little apartment in New York City. And it's just such vivid writing. We still talk about that. Uh, but I read Dirt over the summer and I loved it. It was just the way that he writes, it's sort of his experience of, of doing this really adventurous thing. I think we can all vicariously have that experience of leaving our lives behind and going and doing something crazy, but he actually did it, you know? So there's that piece of it, just sort of the adventure piece, but I'm so drawn to descriptions of food because I love to eat and I love to make good food. And so I feel like I sort of devoured the book heat the way you would devour a really good meal, you know, and I, I, I am very drawn to the topic and he's a funny writer. 
Yeah, like how do you how does he do it as far like what do you pick up on his writing that is just like so I guess delicious to you? Yes, it is absolutely delicious. His it, his comparisons, I was just sort of reviewing the the article that we're that we're gonna talk about, and which is which is kind of a beautiful excerpt from the book. It kind of brings together lots of different pieces from it. But even that I cracked up remind being reminded of that phrase, he compares. Bob's face to an old mattress at one point in the book. And it's such a random simile, but it's so funny. And you know exactly what he means. Cause of course we've all felt like old mattresses sometimes, you know? So I think it's his way with, it's that subtle kind of humor that he has where he, he can word something. I mean, even his description of what putain means, you know, that all the different versions of horror, but this is how you use it is when you burn bread. And it's just, I don't know. It's just delightful. Like, do you look forward to like seeing him on the Zoom? Do you have any questions? Are you going to be starstruck? What do you think? I'm definitely not going to be starstruck just because I'm not by nature a starstruck type of person. But yeah, I actually, I annotated some things on the article this morning before we met. And one of the things I do want to ask him that I'm very curious about is if he thinks that in this COVID slash post COVID world that we're in, if there's still that possibility to cut ties and, you know, globetrot essentially, like, is that going to change? Has it changed his desire to do that? You know, he conquered Italy, he conquered France. What's next? Is there something next? You know, is that, is that, is our collective dream of that life crushed, you know, Mm -hmm. because of COVID? I'm very curious to know what he has to say about that. Yeah, it seems like you're very pro this whole thing about going to Italy and France, especially with your family. And and his partner was totally all in. And you also know about his partner, who apparently is very like brilliant with wine as yeah. well. But like some article clubbers are already telling me, like, why does he get to be so famous and so yeah. so like he has a great life already in New York? And then he's like he goes over to his partner and he says, Hey, let's take the whole yeah. family over to France. But you're you're like totally into that. Well, I mean, no, no. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I'm, I'm into it as a fantasy. I think, I think he comes from extreme privilege in terms of, I mean, his positionality and also being a New Yorker writer and all the different people he knows. And also I think his personality seems to be kind of a force of nature. He just walks into places, I'm going to work here, you know, Jedi mind tricks or whatever, but he just sort of gets whatever he wants. And he happened to marry a really chill person, Jessica. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, this is certainly not an experience that, that everyone can have and certainly not at the level that he could have it. I think for me, I think about, you know, when I'm 56 and sort of, you know, maybe in the next 10 or 15 years, I'm going to want to retire. And I think, well, gee, is that a possibility for me, right? To go find a little spot, not in the U.S. to live, right? So sort of reading about that makes, opens that door of possibility. Mm -hmm. And do you think that it would be about food for you because you love food so much? Everything's about food for me. So where did that come, like, where did that come from? Because when we taught together, I don't think that I knew that about you. And then now, especially over at the highlighter, you're like sharing stuff about pasta and all these <laughs> recipes. I, so where did that come from? Oh gosh, I mean, well, I mean, the baking side comes from my Swedish grandmother. I mean, she, I just learned to bake, you know, at her knee really. I've always been into food. I, and I started subscribing to the now defunct Bon Appetit magazine when I was 12. 
I mean, this was how into food that I've been my whole life. And then my father was married to a woman for 10 years who cooked without recipes. She just makes delicious food without a recipe. And my side of the family was a little more like the Betty Crocker world, you know? And so for me, that just opened up this realm of possibility that you could just cook stuff. And of course I just love eating. It's food is delicious. So <laughs> yeah. So it's just, yeah. And then my husband and I kind of came together over food. We cooked meals for each other on our first couple dates and yeah, I don't know. I can't, it's always been a part of my life. It's amazing, especially also because so, you know, you're in the Bay Area. And of course, there's like this additional thing about being a foodie, possibly in the Bay Area. Oh, yeah. And so like, how do you navigate that whole thing? Like, are like, do you feel snooty? Do you not want to be snooty? How do you interact with the potential stereotype of Bay Area snootiness? Oh, my God. I, I love that you asked me that because it's such a thing, you know, and I guess I feel like I've got some, you know, OG cred with when it comes to that, you know, I mean, I've been making my own pasta long before it was cool to be artisanal, you know, I don't know. I'm, I have a really strong aversion to snooty things, you know, I mean, I think there, that was something I highlighted in the article you talked about unfussy, you know, really good restaurants. And I think we're so lucky in Northern California to have, I mean, I've got a fabulous neighborhood restaurant in Albany that I'm going to go ahead and plug on this podcast. They're called Juanita and Maud, and they're just, they're just the chillest place but their food is just delicious. And you feel like you're going to somebody's home and you leave feeling warm and fuzzy and nourished and like you had something yummy and yeah. But honestly, like I, I just assume cook at home than go out, you know? I mean, it's, it's a nurturing thing to do for other people. But you still also are okay with going out and even yeah. to sort of like fancy places. Yeah. Yeah. You know, occasionally we'll go to fancy places. Yeah. And we, as you know, my husband and I had the opportunity to go to the now notorious French laundry a couple weeks ago. And it was, it was sort of like somewhat like Buford's friend's experience with Auberge, you know, it was just, it, it was so about the French laundriness of it. The food was actually kind of boring. I mean, it tasted good, but salt and fat always tastes good, you know, but that's not really creative and interesting to me. So yeah, it was kind of a disappointment. And I, and it really, and my husband and I had a long conversation on the way home about it. We really processed it for a few days. Just what does a restaurant at that level even mean? What does it mean to spend that kind of money? And is there even really a point to it? And do we even ever want to do something like that again? You know, it just seemed not, I don't want to say it seemed wrong, but it just seemed stupid. Yeah. I love that. Well, Lisa, thank you so much. <laughs> I hope that you enjoyed being on, I, maybe you're on podcasts all the time. Is that true? <laughs> no, this is my first podcast. <laughs> amazing. I hope, I hope you're looking forward to this weekend. Everybody's looking forward to meeting you. Oh, I am. This is going to be fun. Thanks, Mark.